today on the Inside Scoop. Michigan capitalizes on their big visit weekend. Georgia picking on UF and flips their top running back commitment. But first, we got action in Boulder, Colorado. Deion Sanders is a disruptor, and he did it again. This time it's in Big Ten country. We're going to tell you all about it. But before we get to that, let's talk about another recruit that Colorado would have no business being a threat to land. But that's what getting Coach Prime can do for your program. This weekend, five-star cornerback Charles Lester made his much-anticipated official visit to Boulder. I think this week is a very important one for Colorado's recruitment of Lester. A lot of momentum coming off of this visit. Colorado rolled out the red carpet for Lester and his family. This was one of those big home run swings that Dion should be taking with talented recruits like this. Now, it ain't over for Lester. He's got some June visits set up. He goes to Tallahassee next weekend, then finishes up June with an official visit to Georgia. Let's bring on Sam Spiegelman, national recruiting analyst here at On3. Sam, do you think that Coach Prime put Colorado in a spot where they can potentially land five-star corner Charles Lester? Yeah, sure. I think I think we know that Deion Sanders knows how to recruit the state of Florida. I think he knows he has a knack with elite athletes, especially guys that translate to the defensive backfield like Charles Lester. But in this case, you know, I think it's a visit high. And like you said, um, he might have caught his attention, but he's got a lot of big visits on deck. So unless we're expecting a decision today or this week, um, you know, I think there's still room for the, the Alabamas, the Georgias, and really the Florida State visit looms especially large because we know how much of a foundation they've built with the in-state cornerback. Um, so barring him canceling that visit and, and taking it easy, I think it's a it's a really big statement by Deion Sanders. Otto. Um, I think they've caught his attention, but I don't know if they have the long-term potential to stick with him. Yeah, so you agree with me there on the fact that this is a very important week for Charles Lester's recruitment to Colorado because you got FSU trending at 91% right now in the recruiting prediction machine. Sam, you've put in a pick for Charles Lester to FSU. I put in a pick for Charles Lester to FSU. And, you know, it looks like there's a lot of momentum coming off of this Colorado visit, but does it have you at all rethinking your pick right now? Yeah, when Marcus Woodson was at Florida State, the Seminoles were in a good spot with Lester. And then since Pat Sertan got there, it's kicked Florida State into a different gear. Um, he's been there almost a dozen times in the past calendar year. That's that's so much to consider. Um, we know that they're in a tough battle because of, you know, Kirby Smart is involved, Nick Saban involved, and now Deion Sanders is involved. But the fact is, he's more familiar with Florida State. He's come out and called it his dream school and all of his actions prove that Florida State is trending with him and it's a big weekend for them to possibly kind of close the deal with the elite cornerback. Yeah, I'm not counting out Colorado at this point, but Lester has named FSU as leader and he's going to be there this weekend. Now, I don't think he's going to make a decision this weekend, so I'm, that's why I'm certainly not counting out Coach Prime in the Buffaloes, but Coach Prime did do something that could help land five-star Charles Lester. That was landing three-star wide receiver Zykaro Lewis out of Tampa. Zykaro Lewis, he's 5'10", goes to Carrollwood Day High School. He's not the biggest name in the state, but he is a player. Look at this speed. He can get vertical, plays good competition in that area. And like you said, Sam, this is why you go to Florida. You go to Florida to get speed like this. Now, it also gets more interesting. Zykaro, who goes by CJ, after he committed, 
Charles Lester jumped on Twitter and was kind of insinuating now that they play on the same seven on seven team, but that might not be the last team that these two play for together. So we'll see what happens there. But I think landing CJ Lewis to Colorado definitely helps not only bolster the team's speed on the Buffalo roster, but it could maybe give you a little leg up on Charles Lester. We'll see how that pays off. All right. You go to Florida for speed. What do you go to Michigan for? You go to Michigan for the big men. Let's talk about four-star Brandon Davis Swain, the defensive lineman out of West Bloomfield, Michigan. He committed to Colorado on Saturday. He arrived for his official visit on Saturday, wasted no time jumping on that commit list. Sam, this is one of those battles where it should have been Notre Dame. It should have been Michigan. Maybe it's Penn State. But Dion takes over at Colorado, and now you get this defensive lineman coming to Colorado, going to the Buffaloes. Is this a bit of a statement for Dion? Absolutely. You're talking about Dion Sanders making maybe making a play for Charles Lester, who's from Sarasota, Florida. We know what he did last year with Cormani McLean beating the Miamis and Alabamas of the world for Cormani from Florida. Now he's in Big Ten country. He's beating out Notre Dame. He's a one-time Notre Dame commitment. He's beating out the Michigans and Notre Dames and Penn State's, the Big Ten powers for a kid from West Bloomfield, Michigan. That's unheard of for Colorado. That's unheard of uh, for this program until Deion Sanders got there. Uh, we know that Brandon Davis Swain has visited Boulder quite a few times. The recruitment has gone on just as, as any other recruitment has. He's visited a few times, and on this visit, it, it put him over the edge. He decided to lock in his commitment, and now it's up to Deion Sanders to hold on until the finish. But Deion Sanders has put Colorado on the map to be in these recruitments, and he's done it as, as any other elite head coach would. Two big commitments this weekend. They get Charles Lester in, make a major impression on him. And I'm looking at the visitor list. So Colorado really doesn't have one of these quote-unquote big visit weekends that you see going around the country. I mean, yeah, sure, they had you know four official visits this weekend. They got three official visitors next weekend. It's a steady stream of visits, but we're seeing 15, 18, 20 official visits at some schools. And you're just not really seeing this at Colorado, but – I think this could be a strategy. I don't think Colorado is trying to win the summer. They're trying to win the cycle here. And all the top programs are playing as if signing day is coming up in July or something, stacking all these important visits in June. And yeah, it'll probably pay off. A lot of schools hope that it will pay off. I know recruits are emotional. And sometimes, though, all it takes is a late visit to get a big-time flip or a big-time commitment. Sam, do you think this strategy of maybe saving some of these official visits until late in the cycle could pay off for Deion Sanders down the road? Yeah, I think that there's there's schools divided across the country, some that want to get these elite kids on campus as early as they can in the spring and the summer and, and hope that they make a decision and they're locked in until December. There are others like Deion Sanders in Colorado, like others across the country that want to get those in-season official visits, those visits closer to November or December when they put the ink to the paper. So they know that that commitment doesn't have to last more than a few days or a few weeks because they, they're going to have them because it's going to be hard to hold off a lot of these summer commitments because, you know, Josh, when October and November rolls around, it goes from commitment season to flip season. <laughs> hey, and Dion's done some of his best work late. Cormani McLean, Travis Hunter, Dylan Stewart, or Dylan Edwards, I'm sorry, Dylan Edwards flipped him from Notre Dame, the running back commitment. So 
I think that Dion maybe is just playing to his strengths. He's not getting caught up in all the hype of these trying to compete for who has the best summer visitor list. In the end, it doesn't matter who has the best summer visitor list and who has the most commitments on their commit list. And that's what Dion's going to try to do with some of these late official visits. All right, Sam, thanks for coming on the Inside Scoop. We haven't talked Colorado in a minute. Thanks. Always good to talk prime with you, Josh. Thanks for having me. Let's bring on Michigan insider EJ Holland to go behind the scenes on Michigan's big visit weekend. All right, look at it. Monster weekend for Michigan. Five-star Justin Scott, five-star Ryan Wingo, four-star Bryce West, four-star Jordan Johnson-Rubel, four-star offensive tackle Bennett Warren, four-star athlete Boo Carter, and four-star linebacker Elias Rudolph. All right, we're going to get to those five-star updates here in a minute on Wingo and Scott. But first, I want to talk about the battleground recruitment between Ohio State and Michigan over two recruits that were on campus this weekend, cornerback Bryce West and Elias Rudolph. EJ, what are you hearing coming out of the weekend, and who do you think Michigan currently sits in a better spot with? I definitely think Michigan's in a better spot with Elias Rudolph. Uh, like you said, four-star linebacker. He's actually being recruited as an edge for Michigan, so they love him as a pass rusher. Mm -hmm. He's on the skinnier side, but a ton of athletic upside. He's currently at Deerfield Beach in Florida, but has spent his entire life in, in Cincinnati. Uh, he has a great relationship with lead recruiter Steve Klingsko, who has built tremendous ties in the state of Ohio and has obviously given Ohio State some hell this year on the recruiting trail. So I think Elias Rudolph could be the next Ohio native to join Michigan's class. I think Michigan is the clear front runner coming out of this official visit. The Wolverines have a pretty commanding lead on the on three recruiting prediction machine. Now he is supposed to take official visits to Ohio State and Miami. Michigan mm -hmm. would like for those visits not to happen. Like I think that. they did enough this weekend to seal the deal, but we'll see if he does in fact take those visits, but overall Michigan in a great spot there. When it comes to Bryce West, top 100 cornerback out of Cleveland, he goes to Glenville High School, which has a lot of Ohio State ties, very Ohio State friendly. It would be extremely difficult to pull a kid out of Glenville if you're Michigan, but they've done a really good job with Bryce West. You know, I think some people have been surprised with how long this recruitment has gone the fact that he hasn't committed to ohio state the fact that he's been to michigan so many times has built great relationships with some of the commits um at the same time i still think ohio state leads there they get the final official visit so it'll be tough but michigan gave it its best shot this weekend all right so michigan sitting in a better place with rudolph than west now let's go to four-star athlete boo carter out of the state of tennessee now, he's deciding this coming weekend. So, EJ, what are your final thoughts on where Michigan stands heading into this big decision? That was one of the more interesting recruitments. It's hard to really give a prediction right now. I think it's a toss-up. I really think it could wow. go either way. There was no type of silent commitment given usually mm -hmm. on these dates that are set ahead of time. You have one school that already knows. Everybody knows how that works in college football recruiting, but I don't think that's the case when it comes to Boo Carter. I don't think he's told either school uh, who it's going to be. So right now, I think Michigan is cautiously optimistic coming out of the visit. I spoke to a source yesterday that's as close to the situation as possible on the Michigan side, 
and he told me they absolutely hit a home run. He felt like they crushed it. Um, I have reason to believe that Michigan did do as good of a job as it could have done. Now, going into the visit, I gave Tennessee the edge. I was pretty upfront with our readers over at the Wolverine and said, look, Tennessee is the home state school. They were the first ones to offer him. They have a great NIL program. Uh, they, they've done a really good job of recruiting Carter overall. Yeah, I, I think Michigan has as good of a shot as Tennessee on top of that. Wow. Carter, and, uh, and that would be pretty crazy because Tennessee's pretty much been trending on his recruiting prediction machine for the entire spring. And then to get him in on a late visit like this right before his decision. And if they're able to swipe him from the volunteers, that'll be huge. All right. Another steal. Can Michigan go into the state of Texas and land four-star safety Jordan Johnson Rubel? Yeah, Michigan's become a dark horse in that recruitment. You know, it was interesting. I went down to IMG Academy during the spring evaluation period, and he told me off the record that Michigan wasn't going to make his top schools list. Uh, Michigan turned up the heat. Clinkscale and Jay Harbaugh, Michigan safeties coach, uh, really built a stronger relationship with him. They got back in the mix. Not only did they make his top group eventually, they secured one of his three official visits. So, yeah, I, I feel like Jordan Johnson Rubel just needed to see more of the program. I've always thought he's a culture fit type of kid, and he's a player fit too. I mean, he's a Swiss Army knife in the secondary, a guy that can play the nickel, can play safety, can play corner. Michigan does a tremendous job of showcasing versatile defensive back. The on-three prediction machine says Texas right now. I believe they're at more than 90%. It's the home state school, mm -hmm. even though he's at I He's originally from Fort Worth. Uh, but at the same time, I think Michigan's official visit gave him a lot to think about. He gave me some really good quotes last night that I'll have up on the site here soon. All right. Michigan also made a very big impression on four-star offensive tackle Bennett Warren saying coming out of his official visit, he had this to say, I would say they are in the lead for me because of my connection with Coach Moore. I always feel at home around the staff in general. Now, coming out of this trip, he's naming Michigan his leader. EJ, who's the top competition for Warren, and when do you think he'll make a final decision? Yeah, definitely. So Michigan, he actually named Michigan his leader after his spring game visit and then backed off of those comments as other schools <laughs> made pushes. Now that he's been back on campus, he's once again named Michigan his leader, which is obviously a positive sign for the Wolverines. Um, you know, I, I do think Michigan has the, the lead right now, obviously. I, I would pencil him in the class as things stand today. But he does have a couple of official visits left. He recently dropped a top four of Michigan, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, and Tennessee. A&M got the first visit. Uh, Oklahoma has him in this weekend. Tennessee gets him in last. Now, the interesting thing about Warren is he's a Fort Bend kid down in Texas, and usually that means Texas A&M. But Warren's not originally from Texas. Uh, he's lived all over the country. He still has a North Carolina phone number. He's lived in the DMV before. So he's a guy that's very willing to leave the state as a non-native Texan. I think what Michigan's done with its offensive line production, winning back-to-back -back Joe Moore awards, Jerome Moore having built that connection with him, uh, I think Michigan's obviously a destination school for offensive linemen. So we'll see. Warren originally told me he wanted to push his decision back into the fall, now told me that he wants to make his decision at some point this summer. Mm, well, that bodes well for Michigan. All right, it's time to get to those five-star recruits that were on campus. 
But first, Michigan fans, do me a favor. Like this video and subscribe to the On3 YouTube page. I'd really appreciate it. All right, five-star wide receiver Ryan Wingo and five-star defensive lineman Justin Scott, both on campus. What are your sources saying on these guys? Uh, let's start, first start with wide receiver Ryan Wingo. Yeah, Ryan Wingo is going to be a tough pull. I think it was just a win for Michigan to get him back on campus for an official visit. Mm -hmm. You know, when we talked about Ryan Wingo across the On3 network this offseason, Michigan was hardly mentioned. I don't think they were mentioned at all. And so for Michigan wide receivers coach Ron Bellamy to make the push during the spring evaluation period, go down to St. Louis to see him a couple of times and get one of his official visits again, I think was a win for Michigan. Now, uh, as everybody knows, Michigan is a run heavy team and often that's not super appealing to high level wide receivers. But Bell um, Ron Bellamy, Michigan's wide receiver coach, who I mentioned earlier, has done a fantastic job of pitching Wingo. Wingo's a plug-and-play guy, especially at a place like Michigan where they might not have a dynamic option. So he sees that opportunity to potentially start as a true freshman. I exchanged some messages with Wingo this morning, and he was telling me about how he sees himself as a true deep threat, a guy that can be a, a dynamic playmaker at Michigan's. The Wolverines continuing to uh, make an impression on him, and the good thing about Wingo is he's taking it deep into the process so Michigan can just – keep chipping away and as you know Michigan has a loaded squad this year so they win the Big Ten again get back to the playoff I think that'll continue to impress them yeah get them on campus anything can happen we'll see but now let's talk about Justin Scott out of Chicago Illinois the number two defensive lineman in America number eight player overall really high rated prospect what are you hearing on Justin Scott's official visit to Michigan then more positive vibes with Justin Scott is a little bit of the same thing, maybe to a lesser extent with Scott in terms of Michigan not really being mentioned nationally. He even even though he's about three, four hours away from campus, he hadn't visited since the game against Michigan State. Coming out of the official visit, though, I do think Michigan's a legitimate contender. I do think the longer this goes, the better for Michigan. Kind of the same thing with Wingo. If you see Michigan win, another Big Ten title. You see them get back to the college football playoff. Mm -hmm. You see them have another great year on the defensive side of the ball. That gives Scott a lot to think about. Look, he really likes uh, some of the schools down south. Georgia and Miami uh, are considered two favorites. But from what I was able to gather, it seems like the preference from his family, family at least, would be to have him a little closer to home. And if it comes down to the Midwest schools, if it comes down to Michigan, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Michigan has shown this cycle that it can win battles over Ohio State. It can win battles over Notre Dame. So why not win this one against Justin Scott? So like I said, if it does come down to those Midwest schools, I'd give Michigan a fair chance. Yeah, why not? I like it. All right, so there was 13 total official visitors on campus. Me and EJ really hit the highlights. But if Michigan fans are sitting here wondering, hey, EJ, who are we in really good shape with coming out of the visit? Is there a recruit or two maybe that you would point a finger at? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Michigan landed a commitment over the weekend in former Notre Dame pledge, Owen Wayful. So Mike Elston giving a nice gut punch to his former team. Uh, sad times for the Irish. But um, yeah, I mean, I think Michigan's in a good spot to land a Marion Stewart, four-star wide receiver out of Chicago. He's actually set to announce on Friday at OT7 Nationals. So I think Michigan is in the pole position there. He has a final two of Michigan and Wisconsin. He's been a longtime Michigan lean 
I think he'll be the next wide receiver commit joining Channing Goodwin this cycle. And then two other guys to really keep an eye on. Mm -hmm. Four-star edge Dominic Nichols made an official visit. Some people put in predictions for Wisconsin uh, across the recruiting services. I stuck with my Michigan prediction heading into the official visit, and I feel really good about it coming out of the official visit weekend. So I think Dominic Nichols is a commitment candidate. And I think David Pale Pale, three-star defensive lineman out of Pennsylvania, one of my personal favorites, one of the most underrated defensive linemen in the country, uh, big nose at 305 pounds. I think he's a candidate to commit to Michigan following the OV as well. All right, EJ Holland coming on the inside scoop and calling his shot. As always, very informative. Thank you, EJ. I'm 100% committed. And there it is. The moment the four-star running back Chauncey Bowens officially flipped his commitment from Florida to Georgia. The Gators' top running back commitment in the 2024 class plucked away by the defending champs. Bowens and DJ Lagway were really the two centerpieces to the Gators' class, but big dogs came barking, and you saw it. Chauncey Bowens flipped to Georgia over the weekend while on campus for an official visit. So let's bring on Dogs HQ publisher, Rusty Mansell. Rusty, tell me the backstory here. Take us behind the scenes on Chauncey Bowen's flipping because just a week ago, he was telling UF reporters, all the UF reporters, he was 100% locked in to his UF commitment. Was this in the works for a while or was this emotional decision he made on a visit? No, I think this has been the works for a while. You know, obviously you got to say it, you got to do it. But I, I thought it was going to happen in March at one point. I was real close. In fact, we had a story just in case, um, you know, the previous place I was at, and I'm sure that Jake Rowe and those guys had a story ready just in case for Chauncey Bowens ever were to, were to actually flip. But this one's been really close for a while. Florida privately had to know that Georgia was a real threat here, no matter what he was saying publicly. Because, look, Josh, he got to campus. He ate dinner, he put on a uniform, and he committed in front of the other Georgia commits. You know what I mean? You don't see that too often. So, you know, when he got there, he had that in mind, and he got it done, and you got to give it up to Dale McGee, stayed after, stayed after one of his top targets, and then landed him this weekend. So, Rusty, this leads me to my next question, because Chauncey Bowens wasn't the only running back on campus. The nation's number one overall back, Nathaniel Frazier's, was also in Athens over the weekend. So, what does this mean for Frazier's recruitment? Because I have a feeling, I mean, he was there for a reason. I don't think Georgia is full at the running back position. They're not. They're going to try to take three if they get the right mix in this class and had some guys banged up. And you look at Dwight Phillips and who they got. He's a 10, 300 meter, one of the fastest players in the country. He's kind of that all purpose back. He can do a lot of different things. So they're trying to get some thunder and lightning kind of together with these guys. And you look at Frazier, and here's our old buddy. Martin Simmons says, follow the visits. You know what I mean? That's that's always stuck with me. And he was in town for the spring game. He came back in town this past weekend, Josh. Unofficial visit, mm -hmm. which is key to me. Uh, when you come across country on an unofficial visit and you've got that official visit saved, I know he's got trips to Alabama and Oregon set up. But right now, I think Nate Frazier is a guy that Georgia is really dialed in on and hearing some really strong things behind the scenes. We'll see if Georgia can add him to this class at some point this summer. Yeah, they really need a running back commitment. Let me tell you, Rusty. <laughs> but these weren't the only guys on campus. Let's take a look 
at some of the big dogs that were in Athens. You got five-star K.J. Bolden, five-star Mike Matthews, five-star Edric Houston, four-star Edge Jordan Ross. We mentioned Nathaniel Frazier and Chauncey Bowen. All right, what are your sources saying on K.J. Bolden after this official visit? Says, now you talked to his father who said K.J. may be real close to finding his college destination. What does real close mean to you? Listen, I think George has had a good spot with him for a long time. Now, I'm not saying this thing is over with by any means because we talked to KJ in Nashville a couple times, kind of off the record, and, you know, there's going to be some visits. He was going to go to Clemson. He was going to go to Georgia. He was going to go to Ohio State and do his due diligence there. So right now I think Georgia could be a team you kind of watch with him, but this one's not over. But super, super talented young man out of Buford High School and a player that Georgia has recruited now, basically, Josh, for three and a half years. Yeah, he's been to campus probably more than anybody else in this okay. class. Uh, now let's talk about two more in-state five stars. Mike Matthews and Edric Houston feel like kind of heading into the weekend. These were two recruits that UGA had some work to do. Coming out of the weekend, Rusty, did they get it done? Uh, I, I think neither one is what you would say done. I mean, I think Georgia was had a chance to have them and their families on campus and kind of say, hey, this is what we got. The one thing I've, I've thought with Edric for a while now, you just kind of get that vibe. He's going to end up out of state and it just happens. People are like, how does that happen? You know what I mean? But I think kind of behind the scenes, Ohio State has been the team probably in the lead. He took his visit to Clemson. They took his visit to Georgia and he has one left to Ohio State, too. So I, I think that's the team to watch. How much did Georgia close the gap behind the scenes? That will be told kind of over the next couple of days. But right now, if we're talking about Edric Houston, I think he's going to end up out of state. Mike Matthews, super, super talented uh, five-star wide receiver from right up the road. Mm -hmm. Here's one nugget on that, Josh. He's a great basketball player. Well, this weekend, I don't know how big of a deal it was, but he was able to sit down and meet with a UGA basketball staff. So I think – you know, Georgia at least took a major swing there. And the one thing I can tell you, Josh, after being with those three players in Nashville, our NIL Elite Series, those three kids were inseparable. So I'm not saying they're a package deal, but they're all three very close, even though they go to two different high schools. All right, let's move to the edge position. Four-star Jordan Ross. Now, he was at UF last week, and he gave that visit a 10. But right now, the dogs have a slight lead on the recruiting prediction machine over Tennessee. Do you agree with it that coming out of his official visit to Georgia that the dogs lead here? You know, it's hard with this visit high, man. I mean, you know, we filmed this on Monday, so it's hard to say leave. I, I, I'm confident that Georgia is going to be in this way all the way until the end. Um, you know, I do know that Georgia is recruiting him really hard. If I had to make a prediction today, mm -hmm. I would probably pick Georgia but he's got a couple of more big visits coming up and Tennessee certainly is a school that's heavy in the mix Florida already had him on campus so we'll see after this Tennessee visit how things go with him but right now uh, maybe Georgia has a little bit of momentum with him just having him on campus but again Josh you gotta let that visit high wear off sometimes and see what these guys are on Wednesday and Thursday uh, hey, I don't like to let the visit high wear off. You know that, Rusty. But now, as the dust settles, there was a lot of guys on campus. Who do you feel best about? Who do you think right now, coming out of this big official visit weekend, Georgia fans need to be excited about? Last week, I was on this very show, and I told you that Georgia made a move with Justin Green. Well, about two days later, Justin Green committed to Georgia. Yeah. 
So this week I'll give you one I felt like Georgia made a move with, and that's four-star defensive lineman Jordan Thomas out of Don Bosco in New Jersey. It's the guy they've been on, Trey Scott. You look at Fran Brown, the New Jersey connection there coming down from Rutgers, who's a DB coach at Georgia. So I'm not saying this one's over, but if you want to pin me up again and say which prospect did Georgia make the big, biggest move with this weekend, I'll probably say it's Jordan Thomas, the big four-star defensive lineman out of New Jersey. All right, I wrote it down, Rusty. We're going to hold you to it. You were gold on the last one. I think you'll hit on this one, too. All right, Rusty Mansell, thanks for checking in on a busy Monday morning. Appreciate it. Thank you for watching. Make sure you smash that subscribe button for me, and remember to check out all the videos on the On3 YouTube page.